0: Hey everybody. Thanks for tuning in to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. It is hot outside. Praise the Lord. I love it. But I when you it. play golf without a hat, my head is fried. <laughs> you did forget your hat the other day. <laughs> it's peeling now so I look like an alien or something. You see a flaking around? Yeah, how's that golf swing going, man? You're hey, s- Christian Coder. Yeah. yeah. One of your elders at the church, he told me how to stand. I played
1: today. Everything was right down the middle. No way. I I owe wow. him a lot of money. Hey, from from your first tee to the last tee, it's unbelievable. That last that drive on the last tee was one of the best drives I've ever seen. It was incredible. I want. I wish we would have gotten yardage on it. Over three hundred yards, easy, without a doubt. Cut the corner right by the tree. You were. 30 yards off of the green on this beautiful green right beside the lake. Course was in incredible shape, man. Bear let's race. go play again. Let's yeah. go. Man. <laughs> I'm ready. What'd we you tried do? to get Brian to come with us, and
0: he, he didn't. He wouldn't drive down. I don't understand. I even dared him. Brian, I dare you to come down and play with us tomorrow.
2: Well, here's what I have to ask. What kind of shirt does Christian Coder wear
1: golfing? He didn't have a Hawaiian shirt on. He did not. But he, but you know, he did match. It was really? all Puma. Everything yeah, yeah. Was, puma. He he was Puma. He was on. color-coordinated. I've never nice. seen Christian Coder not dressed well. So he was still dressed to the tees. It was just a little bit of a different style. He he has more sides than you know. What he's got his... some really nice vans, too. He has a van collection. What's his style, though? He usually has, at church, he's always got on uh, Hawaiian shirts. Oh, And I he's love got that. Quite, a, quite a collection. I want to be that old man that
0: just doesn't care <laughs> that wears Hawaiian shirts and shorts and flip-flops Christian, all Christian, he just called you an old man.
1: Well, so, so yes, I so did. did. <laughs>
2: So you're saying your dream's to be Rick Warren.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. Just not looking like... You you realize who Rick Warren looks like? You ever seen Al off Toy Story? Big Al's Toy Barn? Big Al. He looks just like Big Al. He does. A little taller, yeah. Yeah. Brian, as hot as it was up there in Danville, Virginia, you should have preached in some shorts and flip-flops and a Bermuda
1: shirt. man.
2: Well, I did everybody a favor and I didn't do that. But I'll tell you one thing. It was so hot yesterday. We're actually outside. How hot was it? (laughs) It was really hot. <laughs> um, but we're meeting outside because, you know, the governor says, you know, we have to wear a mask when we're inside. And we have people around here who are trying to turn masks into a political rally. Saw that. Then we have the other people who are saying, if I have to wear a mask, then I won't be there. And other people are saying, if they don't wear a mask, I won't be there. So we're meeting outside. Yesterday, second service was so hot that, <laughs> sur- that singing, preaching, and all was 38 minutes. Look, whoa, this whoa. Is no, This is no kidding. I read my first verse out of Ephesians 6 and it was like, <laughs> fine, it's like I was Soul. auctioneering that thing off, man.
1: Hey, we got an honorable mention by Keith Gomez this week. Did we? These podcasts, yeah. <laughs> podcasts, that's not like a convention of beans or peas to me. I'm <laughs> podcast.
0: Thanks, Keith. Thanks for listening to the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Hey, We're coming to you live from Danville, Virginia, and the J Radio studio. J Radio is one of our sponsors here at the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. We love J Radio. Listen, they have genres and moods that you can go in with playlists. Like If you want to focus, they've got 25 playlists for focus. If you want comfort music, they've got 32 playlists for comfort. If you want Broadway musical music, they have that. Brian's favorite is definitely Broadway musical. Oh, it has to be. I mean...
2: Look out cuz here I come. <laughs> and I'm marching on to the beat I drum. drum. I'm not scared to no, be seen. No. I make no apologies. This is me.
0: Recovering Fundamentalist. Oh. oh. Come on Keith Gozman. You guys know it. Ah. Yes there we do. You got it.
2: <laughs> hey, we always host night to shine here at Hope and it's always awesome and last year the professional videographer put that song To our video, our recap video. That's cool. We put it on Facebook in less than 10 seconds. They had taken it down.
0: Really? In less than. Well, they're policing that stuff.
1: Absolutely.
0: We got a bunch of IFB policing us, and hopefully nobody gets on because we just sang that song. I'm excited about today's episode. It's going to be good. We're going to bring you a treat from some guys that have been policing the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast. Let's go.
2: And three. You know what makes women stupid is calling. Jesus was not a bartender. Hi
3: back. Two. You have lost your mind. long tongue heifers have given me a lot more trouble than heifers wearing breeches. And you know that.
1: Say amen right like there. One.
0: Let me tell you something, Bozo. They'll be selling frosties in hell for this boy. Who puts on a pair of pink underwear. Hey, amen. I sucked my thumb till I was 14 years of age.
4: Hi back!
0: You know we need to add Nathan Rager in there. His like yes, it lump sir. it dump it jump it or bump it take dump it across it. the street and whatever yeah. throw it away. I don't know what he says. We could take old Jack Hiles out sucking his thumb till he was fourteen years old and put Nathan in. We got a thing. spot for him.
2: Yeah, I, who admits in front of a room full of people that they sucked their thumb till they were fourteen years of age?
0: The reason all these guys preach the way they do, <laughs> brother Hiles. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, you mentioned last week a sermon that he preached um on the last episode and somebody wrote in and said, "Well, I just wasted a lot of my life. I went in and listened to that message. What was the name of that message that you referenced? I can't remember." Who slew
2: these? Who slew uh, these? That's it. And he would he would repeat that line over and over again and he would say, "Who slew these? I'll tell you who. The women wearing pants out there in public, going to the grocery <laughs> store in a pair of pants and the young girls in the cheerleader outfits." Bullfighting britches. And then it then it was who slew these? And, and you know, if these we podcasts. wanted to make it relevant for today, who slew these? People listening to Garth Brooks and all that other kind yes, of stuff.
0: Yes. Amen. That's,
2: that was basically what the whole thing was.
0: Oh, man. Speaking of Garth Brooks, we got called out by a podcast, if you will, if you want to call them that. They're more of a vlog, I think. That's video is a vlog cast. Do they have a podcast where you can download episodes? Absolutely. It's called the Higher Grounds Podcast, and uh, they – they called us out, boys, and so we just mm.
1: want to kind of just answer some of their questions. Yeah, of- we're going to take two episodes to uh, answer their two episodes, and to me, it's interesting that these guys were the first ones to call us out because they don't really fall on the extreme side of fundamentalism or legalism in the IFB. And I've listened to all of their preaching. Some of it is actually some of it's very good. Andy Wells to me seems to be like a really nice guy. Says he, a lot of good things. He he does. He yeah. wasn't really mm-hmm. that abrasive from from what I've heard. And but he did seem to be defensive in all these episodes, and he felt like he needed to answer us in particular, although I believe that there are some other podcasts because some of the things he said we've never we've never said that. Yeah. So obviously he's listening to right. multiple podcast Stephen aldridge i just have to say is the best preacher of the three by far i've listened to all three of their sermons multiple sermons which
0: one is he on the video
1: he is the one sitting on the left <clears throat> okay. and uh, he's an incredible preacher if i was ifb i would go to his church he can sing seriously too. he nice. can sing yeah, yeah he's a solid guy i really liked him michael poindexter uh I, guys, I really don't think he liked us very much no he he pretty well that's something that I want to say here on this podcast,
0: how we all share talking time. That's what I love about the recovering fundamentalist podcast. This podcast is should be called Michael Poindexter and the higher ground <laughs>
1: yeah, exactly, yeah, he does not like us, yeah, he seemed to be the ringleader on here, and I will say this about Michael Poindexter though he makes the best case for wearing a suit of anyone I have ever heard honestly the first time i watched the episode and the next 10 times i watched it uh i thought he kind of looked like a little bit of a nerd he's he's got a golf shirt on tucked into his khaki pants and you know just just looked totally different but then i saw him in some of his sermon videos on his church website yeah and dude is wearing a three-piece suit and looks sharp look like a totally different person i didn't even think it was the same person yeah so i mean hey he makes a really good point that we should probably wear suits, because he, he's a sharp-dressed man, I'm telling you. A little bit more imposing in a three-piece Favorite suit. Every
2: girl's crazy about a Sharp sharp-dressed dress man. man.
0: Shout out, Duck Dynasty. <laughs> you know, I, th- I find it really funny how he just rails against contemporary Christian music, CCM, as they always go off and say. And, you yes. know, one of the sermons that he preached, there's some teenage boys, they're singing a, one of Brian's favorites, Stephen Curtis Chapman song. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, that's an old CCM song, new to Brian. But Pastor Michael walks <laughs> up after, and he says he likes the song, which is kind of hilarious. I mean, he asked one of the boys if he wrote it because he had never heard it, and there's a point where their eyes meet his eyes, and it's kind of like a Thug Life meme <laughs> moment, you know? It's kind of like <laughs> I mean, it goes it's just waiting for that to happen. The boys look terrified, like, not legit scared, like, they just got busted with the hand in the cookie jar scared
5: Thank you very much, gentlemen. I've never heard that before, but DJ, did you write that? Okay. At least he's honest, amen.
1: man? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my oh, that goodness. so well, funny. Oh, man. Well, I was really thankful when someone, uh, one of our listeners, messaged me and shared these podcasts. A bunch of people did. Yeah, yeah, multiple people did and shared them with us. And I was honestly hoping to get some helpful feedback and uh I value being challenged by someone who has an opposing point of view. Yeah. So I was I was kind of hoping for that.
0: And in all honesty when we started the podcast that's what we said, we want to help, we want to encourage, but we also want to challenge. And so, you know, even though yes. they didn't call us out by name or say our name, we're we're not dumb. I mean, yeah. we know you're talking
1: about us. Yeah. And so, truth never fears a challenge, so let's talk. Yeah, so we want to we want to answer both of their episodes honestly and candidly. So, uh and, and we're answering it this way. I would love to sit down with them in person. I think that, that would be really cool. But we're answering it this way because Shots Were Fired. They, yeah. they did a podcast and did two podcast episodes. And so we just want to take their material and answer them.
0: Instead of a rap battle, we're having a podcast battle.
1: Podcast battle. I love a this. podcast. <laughs> Y'all ready for this? Let's go. Let's go.
6: Today we're gonna to be talking about uh the um the exodus from what's called the they refer to it as the IFB, the I I believe that stands for Independent Fundamental Baptist, I believe. True. Mm-hmm. And as I said earlier, for years now, um and of course you gotta back up a little bit to where to how I grew up. I grew up uh in the mountains of East Tennessee in an economically depressed area. Um my dad was probably by all accounts uh, you know an isolationist to, to some degree, and there was not an emphasis placed on being a part of any group of people no, and yeah. he was unaffiliated, we call it independent he he had no uh you know no real buddies that were influencing him there was no you know, there was no main figure that was a real influence in my dad's life. We just stayed in the mountains by ourselves, and dad, uh, you know, hammered out a living and and uh, in the ministry, and and we had, you know, we I, I didn't know when I was a, uh, a I was I was an adult before I knew who you know Lee Robertson was or wow. um I never met you know for on the other side of that coin the the like the Sammy Allens I I'd, I'd heard his name as a kid because my mom was saved under his preaching in North Georgia in 1967 but uh I I didn't know who he was couldn't have recognized him on the street Um, I didn't know the the jack houses and all of the major names and all of this stuff that's called the Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement. Uh, So, you know, for me, I've always been just an unaffiliated Baptist individual who believes in Baptist doctrine and Mm -hmm. and believe it to be the closest thing to what the Bible teaches. But I never realized how that the Independent Baptist Churches were so wrapped up in one another, Mm -hmm. you know, and it was really, many of them were not as independent as they appeared to be or said they were. But now... It's not just from a movement, because I don't think there is such a movement right. where independent churches. Right. There seems to be an exodus from from doctrine, and the exodus from doctrine is being labeled as an exodus from a movement. Mm. Am I correct on that, Brother Mike?
5: Yeah, I think so. I think um, and more than anything, you know— uh, We are seeing, you know, a a change of persuasion, we'll call it that. Yes. And uh, a lot of what we're kind of, um, one of the things that birthed the need for the podcast was us trying to um, speak to the next generation uh, and also those that are connected with. And let me tell you kind of what come about to cause this. Uh, We're living in the day, of course, of the social media mob, you Mm -hmm, know what I'm saying, where uh, anybody who's got a phone a camera or even a microphone has become a journalist and uh, a lot of fake news, by the way, (laughs) going on out there. And what evidently is going on or what's happened is because of the ability we have to create our own platform almost instantaneously that there are some guys uh, that evidently um, have not had what they consider to be a positive experience with independent fundamental Baptist churches and got a little bit of a burr under their saddle mm-hmm. I think so is a, is a, is a is a proper way to um and there's a back reason I say that I huh? just want
2: to say something about that real quickly because they're talking about. Anybody with a microphone, anybody with a cell phone, anybody, and they're painting those other people, other than them, in a negative light. Including. For this. doing the exact same thing they're doing. By what authority <laughs> do they have a podcast? Yeah. <laughs> By what authority are they using He's social media and every other medium? And if they're allowed to do it, then why isn't everyone else allowed to do it? I mean, you know, they're they're setting obviously in a room in a church building which is great that's fine you guys are in a studio right now we have a sponsor called J radio and they're almost saying it's as if we just have gotten some microphones and decided we would use a platform <laughs>
1: he's uh he's condescending on himself it's like he's sticking it to the man and then he realizes he's Wait the man Wait a second i'm the man <laughs> <laughs>
5: A little burr under their saddle, and, um, and, and I, I hate to come out a little harsh here, but not quite spiritually mature enough yeah. uh, or spiritual enough to be able to coexist inside the body of Christ like mm-hmm. a Paul and a Barnabas sure. or even a Paul and Peter who had disagreements and not make it your life's mission to destroy that individual.
1: Okay, so he says, first of all, we have a burr under our saddle. We're not quite spiritually mature enough. Or spiritual enough to be able to coexist within the body of Christ like a Paul or Barnabas or Peter who had disagreements, but they didn't make it their life's mission to destroy that individual. Okay, Mike Poindexter, would you please model this for us, brother? Would you please show us from one of your own sermon clips how you get along with people that disagree with you?
3: And God uh, honors His Word. And God blesses those children that are faithful. And God blesses those children that put His Word first, that that try to be obedient to the Scriptures. But I'm here to tell you right now, I believe the church of our day is facing similar judgment in the fact that God has taken off somewhat His hand of protection and even hand of manifestation to the place where we are seeing the church on the downgrade. Church ain't what it used to be you see these modern-day contemporary church with the rock and roll music and their hippie preachers. Right? And the way they appeal to modern-day society is, uh, you know, this ain't your grandma's church. Think about reading this billboard on the side of 74. It says Lighthouse Baptist Church. This is your grandma's church. Same Bible, same music, same testifying, same shouting, same preaching. This is your grandma's church. Because your grandma got saved. man. This crowd over here, they got something. I don't know what it is. It's unidentifiable even under a microscope. But I'm telling you, I want to get back to grandma's religion. Grandma couldn't read. Grandma couldn't write. Boy, but she could sit down with that Bible. What little she could understand. Crawl up behind a wood stove. Pray. Amen. Get a hold of God and pray hell off her family. I'd rather get back to grandma's religion. It's modern day stuff. Ain't got no power. Ain't got no fire. Ain't nothing but a bunch of wildfire. What they do have a bunch of flesh. You can have it. I wouldn't give you two hooks in a hell storm for it. The church, just like Jerusalem was invaded, the church has been invaded in our day. We're in a mess in the day we're living in. And it's not just in the Methodists. It's not just in the Southern Baptists. I'm going to tell you right now, it's in the Independent Fundamental Baptist Church, and it's getting thicker day by day. Mama called, daddy's sin, amen. Don't know how to get somewhere and get a message from God. Don't know how to pray. Have no desire to do anything. God called me to preach, so I'm going to sit on a pew for 30 years. woo Preaching tonight. Ungodly preachers. Hey, listen, we've got ungodly people. People, listen now, they'll be drinking and fornicating and smoking left-handed cigarettes all week long and teaching a Sunday school ca- class on a deacon board and singing in the choir. Yeah, We're in a mess. We got ungodly, we got ungodly preachers, we got ungodly people. Listen to me now, I'm talking about the church being invaded and we got ungodly practices. It, it, listen, it, we're living in a day and hour where you can't tell. You see a church youth group out at a, at a function in a secular environment, you can't tell whether they're Christians or not. They look like them, talk like them, act like them. Hey, Amen. Good preaching, Brother Mike. I'm telling you, there ought to be a difference in a Christian than there is in, a, in somebody who's lost.
2: You know, I just I want to say that I'm offended by that clip because he should have never called out Jonathan Edwards like that. And John Bunyan, he should have never called out, you know, Whitfield. I mean, that was really wrong to call out long haired preachers. I I just think that was I think that was wrong.
0: (laughs) Or were they wearing wigs? Yeah, they were wearing wigs. That's a whole nother level. Yeah,
1: (laughs) it is. And in case you think that was like one random sound clip, trust me, I didn't have to dig very far. Here's another one.
3: Nowadays, you know, can't we all hold hands and everything get along? Amen. Now, do you know, let's bring them, well, maybe they're changed. Well, most likely they ain't. And I want to say this, you know you're drifting when you're holding hands with the enemies of the work of God. Yes. When you're holding hands with the crowd that always runs down the church, runs down the preacher, runs down the direction you're taking, listen to me now, listen to me, you're drifting. You are drifting. Amen. And I'm going to say this. Listen now. Listen. We can't hold hands with everybody and get along. I'm, listen, I'm not sitting down breaking bread with somebody and listening to them run their mouth about my Jesus. Right. About the standards we keep, the Bible we preach. Listen. If we're going to eat this chicken leg and this biscuit together, you're going to shut up. Cause your conversation is making me want to lose my lunch. Amen. You say, well, what are you going to do if they say they keep talking? I'm going to just dismiss myself and I'm going to walk out the door. Man, that's what we're going to roll. Y'all can do whatever y'all want to do, but I'm going to say this right here. They're not going to say that long for you're not going to start either, either, either contemplating it or agreeing with it. And a lot of times we find out our allegiances are a lot tighter with our family than they are with our Savior. They're a lot tighter with our friends than they are with our Savior. I don't have friends that run down where we stand. And the position that we're taking. We're not going to be friends long because I believe what I believe. Not because I learned it from some preacher, because I got a that Bible. Right. And if you're strong enough, amen, to stand out on a limb and challenge it, I'm strong enough to challenge what you're challenging. Amen. amen. Either put up or show it, shut up one or the other. Right. See, listen, I know, listen, some of y'all, y'all have to hear it all the time here. The only reason you hear it anymore is because you ain't never shut it up. Right. Amen. You know how many times, listen now, my family's coming to me and talking junk about where we stand and what we believe. About that because they know that guy's crazy. He'll eat Thanksgiving by himself if need be. Yeah, Kentucky Fried Chicken and Amen biscuits and, and Amen and football. What I want to watch, Amen, Amen. Yes, sir, that's right. And you can tell you're drift you're drifting real bad. Whenever you got to find friendships, There wasn't but one disciple. One, dis- there was not but one disciple who could go behind Jesus's back and hobnob with his enemies. Wasn't but one, I'll let you guess who he was. He, he was Judas Iscariot. Rest the rest of them boys might have backslid and went fishing, but they weren't hanging around and hobnobbing with the high priest. Yes, they weren't hanging around with the high priest and the Pharisees and the scribes that hated the very one they loved. Amen. We got, I'm telling you, we've already drifted so far. we got affection problems when we sit around and listen to people run down our King James Bible, run down our church, run down where we stand, which way we're going. I ain't listening to it. Amen, right there. Because I ain't drifting.
1: So this is the guy who just told us that we're not spiritually mature enough to be able to coexist <laughs> within the body of Christ. That sounds a little bit just disingenuous to me. I don't, I don't know, guys. Clickbait well, for a podcast. That's what that yeah, sounded like.
2: I was listening to him, and I never heard him mention a verse.
0: Second book of the opinions.
2: <laughs> yes, I think that was the one he preached from. He does preach
1: them. from the Bible, but uh, he, he sidelines a whole lot, sidetracks a whole lot to get over on uh, opinions. Man. So this does not sound like coexisting with other believers Mm-mm. to me. Let's, let's continue playing.
5: Wow. And I think, I think that's where, um, for me, that uh, I've listened to their arguments. I've read some books about the subject matter. And um, I'm just not seeing nor understanding the purpose. Again, mm-hmm. to set out to seek to call for others to abandon, uh, to seek to destroy, mm-hmm. undermine, and even really paint in a picture of some group of people that in reality is not quite accurate. You know, it's not quite true. And, um, you know, and that's one of the things that we'll eventually deal with here on this particular podcast, and it may morph into two or so, Uh, but the reasons that they are asking people to consider – uh, you know, leaving, getting out, abandoning uh, what they call the IFB, the Independent Fundamental Baptist Movement. I, I Me personally, I was saved in Southern Baptist Church, mm-hmm. and uh, about six months after getting saved, I began to see things about the uh, hierarchical structure, mm-hmm. about the government, the way the church was run, and some of the leadership made it very well known to me that they weren't interested in the things that Um, I guess you could say were appealing to me, the strong preaching and things that I was getting my hands on elsewhere. And so I made a decision with my wife to to go elsewhere, mm-hmm. uh, but I'll say this: uh, I'm thankful that little church was on the side of the road preaching the gospel. Mm, yes, sir. When I left, they did not become my enemy to which right. I wanted to destroy. Yeah, they're right. still there preaching right. the gospel today, and uh, and I'm still thankful for what they're doing for the cause of Christ. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, our podcast will be we'll, we'll discuss some of the reasons mm-hmm. that they're they're calling for this exodus yes. uh, from Independent Fundamental Baptist, and uh, and then we'll we'll just give a hopefully a good solid scriptural. Um, other side of the argument, other yeah. side of the coin, view.
1: And I want to ask this question right here. When does this happen? When does this good, solid, scriptural, other side of the argument happen? Because he mentions one or two places later on, I think in the second episode, a verse here and there, but he never gives a good, solid, scriptural answer. That's what I was hoping for. This never happens.
2: The quote, people are making a quick exodus, from fundamentalism, as if if it's some rash decision. (laughs) The people I know who are leaving fundamentalism are leaving fundamentalism for great reasons that they've experienced over a lifetime and the lack of biblical preaching that they've experienced over a lifetime. Most of the people I talked to, they were exposed to true biblical preaching and they made their departure. And then the other thing I would just challenge, and some of what he's already said just brought this back to my mind. I don't have a burr in my saddle about independent fundamentalism. Mm-hmm. I have a grief in my heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a big difference. Yeah,
0: and Mike, I would encourage you to go to recoveringfundamentalist.org dot org and click on the stories tab and read the hundreds and hundreds of stories of people that it's not an overnight decision. It's not just I don't like this anymore. There, it's not a burr in the saddle. Like like Brian just said, there are there's real hurt. There's real pain. There's real. Uh, looking for truth yeah. that in this. And so I don't think it's just a, uh, I got to just make a decision and leave because I don't like it anymore. Yeah. RecoveringFundamentalist.org.
5: Because I think a lot of this is nothing more mm-hmm. than um, upset people yeah. trying to get right. even. Right. Right. I think a lot of it has to do
4: with that. Yes, yeah, sir. You, you you mentioned something that ought to be one of the foundational things of, of making a change. So you you said as you got saved... And as you begin to grow in, in a closer walk with God, a, a more hunger for more truth and righteousness, God led you from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. You see, what, what we're kind of discussing is, is you've got this group, you know, if, if they're right in their making, then why does, does it always get looser? why does it come so far? It's never, I made this move and now we're closer to God or we're more separated or we're more like Christ. Mm. But in making this move, we've got further away from truth and righteousness.
0: And there was the 20 seconds that he talks on the two episodes. (laughs) (laughs) Go ahead, Brian.
2: Well, you know, the idea that if you leave fundamentalism, you're further away from God. For his listeners, this is the imagery that he's giving if you leave the independent fundamental church, that is your first move toward the far country. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's your first move away from the father's house. If you leave fundamentalism, that's exactly what I've talked about over and over again on this podcast. Ignorance through isolation, control through fear, making people fear that if they leave a particular denomination, then they're not right with God. That is, causes people to be afraid. Yep.
1: Yeah, and he says this group always gets looser. Looser meaning they don't have the same extra biblical standards as us. This is what they mean by holiness, being a separated Christian, or living a sanctified lifestyle. They mean you're not having the same man-made standards that we have. That's what he means when they get looser. He's not talking about they get further and further from Scripture. They get further from doctrine. He's talking about extra biblical, man made standards.
0: Legalism.
4: Yes. And and, and even the the heroes that we would call, you know, we'd say we're getting further away from what they put on us.
5: Well, honestly, if you listen to their arguments, they'll tell you that those things you just listed are the reason they need to abandon yeah. mm-hmm. who we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and so it goes, it, it, it gets deeper mm-hmm. than just even a little bit of a disagreement about things. And I'll talk more about that when I cite the different points we're going to cover, but, uh, it gets, it gets down into basically a, a solidly a doctrinal disagreement.
1: Yeah. That's well, what we're it, headed it,
6: to, to. to me, and that could be, be wrong, but to, to me it deals with my perception now, a despite of holiness. Yeah, mm-hmm. just I don't want that in my life. Yeah, right. I, I want God, and I want to go to heaven, and I want to serve God. Oh yeah, but I'm not interested in in you know biblical or traditional holiness. I, I think that's I think it's an overrated subject. At least mm-hmm. I believe that's their opinion.
2: So can I ask a question? What is traditional holiness? He said biblical or traditional holiness. If I'm not mistaken, when the disciples ate without washing their hands, (laughs) the Pharisees came rushing out, and they said, how is it you dishonor or you break the traditions of our fathers? Yep. When they asked that question, Jesus pointed them right back to God's rules, to God's regulations, that they were making his laws, his rules, of no effect. So, so what is traditional holiness? I would like to ask that question. I thought there were, there was only biblical holiness. Mm, great point. Mm. Yeah. Right.
6: And, uh, I think that's where we're at. And, and, and to address mm-hmm. what you said a minute ago about, you know, you never hear anybody moving closer or, or getting, you know, more sanctified, mm-hmm. consecrated, separated. Well, you're not going to hear that from people who, who, Go that direction. That's exactly because right. Because people who go in the direction of more holiness, more consecration, more sanctification for the relationship with God aren't going to speak about it. That's exactly They're not going right. to talk yeah. about
1: it. Yep. Okay, so <laughs> pardon me if I laugh out loud right here. When you spend all of your time talking about your separation, your standards, your convictions, and calling out everyone who has a different standard than you, how is this never talking about it? Hmm. If he's saying the IFB never talks about their personal holiness, which he has already defined as their tradition, then how is that never talking about it? The epitome of the IFB is talking about it while we don't wear certain clothes, while we don't listen to certain music, etc., etc.
2: Did you notice his slip of the tongue? He accidentally told the truth. This is his quote. He said, more sanctified, more holy for the relationship with god
1: hmm. wow i didn't catch that i don't think he believes Rat, that but he sure uh he sure had a little slip there and said it
2: nathan hold on why why are you hold on why are you going to let him off the hook he I, said it
1: he said it man yeah i'm so, not letting him off the hook i, I, yeah, I know you what his he answer don't think would he be believes.
2: Well, you said he don't think he believes that, but he said it.
0: Yeah, he said it. And that it. goes back to everything that we've said on here. We live from, not for. We yeah. live from, not for.
1: Yeah. yeah. Wait. What? And he quotes us out of context on that. Yeah.
0: So. Let's first of
5: all let's throw out the three bullet points mm-hmm. that um, that is uh, argued on their side of the coin. Of course, it's points. three bullet points. I hope they all start with P.
1: <laughs>
5: as to why they left and why they felt like others should follow suit.
1: Mm-hmm. I don't think we have ever. Nope presented this podcast, and please leave. Yeah. So,
0: w- Just for clarity, the Recovering Fundamentalist podcast exists to help and to encourage those whose lives have been negatively affected by fundamentalist legalism in the church and to challenge those who promote tradition over Scripture. It's right there on recoveringfundamentalist.org, guys. You can go read our mission statement. They
5: cite the following three reasons. The first one they give is that they feel like the independent fundamental Baptists are what they call cultish. Mm -hmm. Of course, that's become a 10-cent word in this day and time to which anything that you disagree with or dislike, we just tag it as cultish because generally in our society, that's going to get a kind of a a reaction that calls withdrawal. Mm -hmm. So they call us cultish. Number two, uh, they also cite that uh, in independent fundamental Baptists, what they call is a systemic amount of abuse, and that falls under the category of physical, uh, sexual, mental, they say, and spiritual, yeah. and to which I'm looking forward to discussing because I'm afraid what uh, these gentlemen um, don't understand is that when when true abuse is present... That the I know the fundamental guys that I know and I'm friends with and run with. We call that error out. Mm-hmm. We take the Bible and sure. we biblically Absolutely. hold accountable. Mm-hmm. We don't we don't sweep stuff under the rug. No, we hit it right in the teeth. Yes, sir. And I think these guys are coming from they, they must have a very narrow exposure, and they're saying that because we know these ministries mm-hmm. and this is how they've handled this, and all you guys are the same. They're trying to paint us with a broad brush and making an egregious error in doing so because that that. Small groups or even some that seemingly have a larger platforms don't represent the true independent
6: <laughs> well, nature they, they of who we are. They wouldn't do
1: that with any other interest they won't, in their they will life. We'll talk
5: about that as well.
1: So first of all, first of all, <laughs> he says that we're trying to paint them with a broad brush. This entire two episodes of their podcast is painting us with a broad brush. So why, why is he, he bothered that we're painting him with a broad brush? We say over and over <laughs> throughout, and I started to go back and record all the times, but there was too many episodes where we say we know everybody's like this. As a matter of fact, yeah. a lot of people have said, you guys say that way too much because all IFB are the same. And we've made a point to say, no, they're not all this way, but we need to address Because we it.
0: say that over and, over and over. Just literally on the last episode, we talked about yeah. good IFB pastors, friends, family that we have, guys that are listening to this episode right now, that we love what you're doing, that you are doing this right. And And I'll even
1: say a lot of what these three guys are doing, I can get on board with. I don't think they're extreme, way crazy, like a lot of the stuff we talk about.
0: Truth never fears a challenge, and that's straight up lie. There you
1: go. Secondly, Brian, could you please tell us about your narrow exposure (laughs) to the IFB?
0: Yeah, you know, my
2: dad was only... (laughs) Uh, a pastor evangelist, my whole life. We only traveled 50 weeks a year, six days a week in different independent fundamental churches. We only interacted <laughs> with every shade and stripe of the independent every camp. fundamental
0: movement. You're so narrow. And
2: then, <laughs> yes. And then, you know, I planted an independent fundamental Baptist church that really started growing and then I preached revivals all over the country I was in camp meetings you sang saying all over
1: the country and gospel groups
2: yes i mean you know so here's the thing i, I mean i've got to, you know I've, I've got to capitulate on this one my my 30 <laughs> some years in the independent fundamental movement it was just very narrow exposure. And,
1: I, and a lot of people don't know this about you, Brian, but you're still very connected with the IFB world. There are some major, major IFB figures, and I won't mention any names right now, that call you regularly almost every week. You, you tell me someone that you talk to that's on the opposite side of the aisle from you on these issues. So, yeah, your you're, you're narrow exposure is amazing. Plus, JC, I mean, you, you travel the country, you preach, you You've been in and out of it.
0: Yeah, but we don't catfish people like Brian does. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Tennessee Tennessee Temple alumni.
2: Oh, come on, man. You know JC is a fundamentalist rock star in the past.
1: (laughs) He's the one that got away. (laughs) I love it. He drove Lee Robertson around.
0: Have I ever told you that story, Brian? The last few years of Lee Robertson's life, I worked in admissions at Tennessee Temple University, and I got to pick him up, I think it was Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday, and bring him to the office. I'd pick him up from his house up there on Missionary Ridge, bring him to Mm -hmm. his office, and I'll never forget one of the last times that I remember going in, he had this blue carpet in his office. And over in the corner, the carpet was worn down and it looked like something had been dropped there or something over the years. And I asked him, I said, Well, what's up with this? And there's a big map of Chattanooga, like the world and Chattanooga and all this. And that's where he knelt and prayed for all mm. those years. Wow. Right over there in that corner. That was where he knelt to pray. And you could physically see where wow. it was where it was at. But I was just, just like, man. And I didn't realize then how big of a player in the IFB that yeah. Lee Robertson was until I you know, I say later. there was
1: nobody bigger. There there's a lot oh, of big yeah. figures, but there was nobody bigger than Lee Robertson. And
0: even he was considered liberal by a lot of yeah, people yeah. in the IFB world.
1: Yeah. So and, and I won't even talk about all my exposure from the West Coast to the Dude, East. You're Coast on the back up. of an album with what's that guy's name? I was on the back of the Christian Law Association magazine when I was four years old with Lester Roloff, Mac Ford, New Bethany Home for Girls, like Man. Traveling the country at four years old, that's a pretty narrow exposure.
5: Number three is the the getting-to-be-age-old argument of the old big L word. Legalism, yeah, which is where what yeah. you just talked about a while ago really fall, and you'll find yeah. that to be the heart and thrust of what drives this. And
6: they don't even know what it is.
5: They don't biblically have an argument. They have they, they'll try to define it biblically. I've heard them many times on their on their uh, on their platforms try to define it, but they always have to expand it, and they have to put their arm around it and welcome in their definition. And there's a lot of sleight of hand going on. I yep. mean, they're doing a good job. The old bait and switch, yep. and and the the sad part about it is that they'll be successful in deceiving some young believers. Yeah. And, uh, and what and I have to say shame on you. Whenever you lead someone away from a more narrow right. or straighter way that's right. biblical yeah. into a broader way that right. ultimately in their life's is going to cause them yeah. a lot of hard, hardship and hurt. Right. It may pamper the flesh. It may be enjoyable for a season. But who's going to be there? Are you going to be there to pick up the pieces when it falls apart? And the oh, answer is no. Nobody, you'll be nowhere to be found. Right.
2: Hold on. He's back now to square one. If you leave fundamentalism, your whole life falls apart. That is completely not true. I left fundamentalism, and thank God I did. I think sometimes I'm even bolder than you guys about that. My family hasn't fallen apart. All three of my children love Jesus. All three of my children are serving Jesus. I have biblical conversations with my children every night. I've had a greater impact on the world since leaving fundamentalism. I have a walk with God that I never had when I was in fundamentalism. Right
5: after you lead them down that path, and so those are the are the different categories that uh, they seem to sound the horn and call for people to abandon what they call independent fundamental Baptist
6: mm. churches. But what what? How do they advertise their newfound liberty and newfound direction as? Benefiting them? How is this going to benefit me and benefit the cause of Christ, the kingdom of God?
5: Well, right now they're not necessarily saying that it brings benefit. They're just advertising the fact that now they have an unfound liberty. They were under so much. Um, hardship and bondage and weight of, of the burden, they mm-hmm. call it the burden of legalistic standards. Yep. And it was so holding them back. And they found that that wasn't what God was asking of them. No. And so, therefore, now the grace of God has given them a license. Yep. Uh, but then, if you listen to their uh, their episode, their podcast, some of do podcasts, some of them do, if you listen to them, they'll stumble all over themselves. They'll say, No, we're not, we're saying we have liberty, we're not under legalism and rules. But now we're not saying that anything goes, well, then I would just love to hear you define it and draw the line, right? because you're going to have a miserable time, and you're going to paint yourself in a corner you cannot get out of.
1: The line is Scripture. Yeah. You want us to define the line, to draw the line? The line is Scripture, rightly divided in context. There is no other line. There will never be any other line. You do not get to be the Holy Spirit for the universal church. It's true. Did I say that any clearer?
2: No, you can't. you can't. But here's the other thing: you saying the dividing line in Scripture is correct. You don't take an Old Testament text and preach to people about leaving the Independent Baptist Church and about the people's lives falling apart who have left the Independent Baptist Church. Because I hate to tell you this, but Moses wasn't an Independent Fundamental Baptist. If you use Scripture in that way. You have taken it out of context. Your prime example, exhibit number one.
1: It's Scripture rightly divided in context.
5: And we'll talk a little bit more about that, but uh, these guys, it looks cute now, and yeah, right. it's getting some. It's clickbait. And anybody that's ever been disgruntled with a fundamental Baptist church is hopping on board because hurt people react to this kind of stuff. Sure, right.
0: And that right there is why... Our passion is to do this podcast yeah. because we said we want to help, we want to challenge, and we want to encourage. Yeah. We want to bring help to those that are hurting. Yeah. We want to bring hope to those that are hurting. And, you know, we've had conversations over the last few weeks. This is not the end. Talking into no. a microphone no. is not the end. This is this just is the, beginning. the beginning. This is yeah. a, a a tool that we're going to use to continue to bring hope to people who have been burnt by the IFB, who want nothing to do with the church, yeah. with God, that are coming back to him as a result of finding this grace and this mercy and yeah. this love of God that they're finding.
1: And Andy, I want to challenge you there. I believe that was you speaking. This is real, bro. Yeah. These people are hurting. I, I went through a lot of hurt. I went through a lot of issues with things that happened from my pastor, who was IFB, who was hardcore, who yelled and screamed all these points and then was sleeping with somebody for 20 years Yeah, in, in his church while he's preaching these points, that's a big thing to recover from. It is, and
0: Andy, I, it is real. I grew up with a youth pastor that would have standards that we couldn't uphold and would preach and would yell and do all this, and then he— had an affair with a lady and murdered her husband and is sitting in prison for the yeah. rest of his life.
1: Yeah, and we have hundreds and hundreds, hundreds and of hundreds stories like of that. Emails of people that this are this isn't so some
0: fairy tale that we just decided one day to be like, ooh, this will be good clickbait. Yeah, let's put this name on there and go out and do this. Yeah. This is bringing help to those that are hurting.
1: Yeah, and it's offensive when you mock people that are hurting. It is. People that are hurting are hopping on board. It's it's that's offensive. Hurt bro. people
0: need help. Yeah, and hope. And that's what we're offering, not hurting others.
5: But what you don't realize is where are you gonna be in ten years? Right. Are you gonna are you gonna be are you gonna lead these people into a more intimate, close walk with God? Guaranteed or not. Or are you gonna do like Aaron and lead them somewhere where you can tell them, hey, I got a God for you and this right. one will let you live any way you want yeah, and stay exactly. silent on the matter. And that's the right. message. That's exactly what Aaron did. And so this is age old, it's nothing new, it's been done from time to time. But the sad part about it is it never leads people ultimately closer to our you God. Can't. It leads you farther away. You can't. Yeah.
1: Farther away from man-made standards, not Mm. from the Bible and not from God.
6: Well, um,
1: you know, I I have
6: several years ago, there was a young preacher. He was a very good preacher. He had a ministry that was growing. And uh, I, I got word that his... Ministry was heading in a totally different direction. I mean, completely different direction. And the reason it was headed in that direction was because he, his reason, the reason I asked you a while ago about the, the reasonings mm-hmm. why they do these things is because his reasoning was, I want to reach more people. And I feel like that if I get away from oh, yeah. this old standard of living holy, which is, you know, which has been overblown and it's, God doesn't expect this of me anyway. If I get away from this, I'll be able to reach more people. I'll be able to see more people come to Christ and they'll be saved as a result of that.
2: Have you ever heard a pastor say, I'm leaving this movement because if I can just get away from holiness, no, I -mm. I don't want to, I don't want to accuse him of lying, but I've never talked to a pastor ever, ever in my life. And I've discipled a lot of guys out of fundamentalism, a lot of guys out of fundamentalism. I've never had a single one of them say, I believe if I can just get away from this holiness, I can really draw a crowd.
6: Well, he and I sat down for a three hour conversation and in that conversation, I dealt very candidly with him about, um, you, you know, wh- what he had been taught in the direction he had been led in doctrinally was not wrong. There was some. He did have to deal with some abuse of power from some guys, yep. and there were some folks that were close to him that were arrogant and rude and sure. unkind. And I'm not. I'm not at all sanctioning that. As a matter of no. fact, I told him. I said, "You've had the, you know, the dubious privilege or opportunity, whichever you'd like to say, of being under some things that." were were not right Mm -hmm. but the the doctrine that you were taught was right right Mm -hmm. and what you were taught to believe was right well he you know he wanted to say that there's no way that um, I could prove my points scripturally I did he had no retort because there was no retort and after I you know proved that my points from the scripture and from logic and from history after I got done I said, you know, you you were reared by a dad that loved God and wanted to serve God. And I said, you're going away from this, Mm. and this is bringing dishonor to your daddy. I said, what about what the Bible says about living long on the earth and honoring your mother and your father? I said, what you wouldn't tell me that what your dad believes is wrong. You just don't want to go this direction anymore. And I said, you're dishonoring your father by doing this. I believe I can honor my dad more by leading people to Christ. I said, well, I Disagree with you because it's not going to happen and it didn't happen. He did not remain at the church where he was that whole ministry fell apart underneath his feet. Mm -hmm. He lost his wife. He lost his family. Wow. The whole thing fell apart. And that's one of the dangers that I see of going in this direction is it's a dishonor to how many of these people were reared Mm -hmm. and God is going to kick the props out from under some of these guys for going in these directions.
5: Absolutely. Yeah. One thing you'll find is this, is that the men sitting at this table, the men that we know who are just trying to serve the Lord and live a life that's pleasing uh, to him, which is another thing that they say, nothing in our life really matters. God's not pleased or not pleased with us, vice versa.
2: How many examples do I need to give of people's lives who have fallen apart in the independent baptist movement? I'm I'm not going to make this personal right now, but I could. Yeah. A lot of people's lives mm. have fallen apart who were in the in the middle mm. of the independent fundamental movement. We can name pastor after pastor, missionary after deacon,
1: missionary who left their wife for somebody yes. on the mission's field.
2: Yeah, deacon after deacon, choir leader and piano player i remember growing up and even hearing the pastors and evangelists sit at the table and joke about piano players and i mean do we want to talk about how many people in fundamentalism because here's what he's doing he's trying to paint fundamentalism as a utopia Hmm. yeah if you stay in this utopia your family loves one another your children grow up perfect wow Uh, you, you, everything is great and wonderful. Great. Point. God pours his blessings on you, but boy, if you leave it, That's God's going to sick the hounds of hell on your hind end and mm. you're going to lose your wife and you're going to lose your family. That's what he's saying. And I'm sorry, but we have about a thousand examples between the three of us Yeah, that what he's saying is not true. Mm.
1: Great point
5: either way, you know, which I have a I have a hard problem with that. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, um, we're not sitting here saying that there's not issues in fundamentalism. If you want to use that mm-hmm. word that don't need addressing sure. and fixing, but because of the independent nature of who we are, okay. Um, we, uh, we take our stands and we serve our God and we try our best to, uh, win the lost under that umbrella.
0: Mm-hmm.
5: But, um, but, 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 but you can't lump us all in the same in the same Absolutely uh, you know, pot of soup, so to speak. And yeah. to say that, that that it's so broken that you need to abandon it, I would, would not want to face God and have to at the judgment seat give an account for running people away from something that has been such a lifeline to so many people's yes, lives. Well, so
1: what about it. the fact that the IFB exists, the independent fundamental Baptists exist. Because they said all of these exact things about the Southern Baptist Convention, which God used in the past tremendously and is still using. This is the whole thing with me, guys, and I've held my tongue to wait to this point in the podcast to say this, because their entire argument falls apart because they're upset that we left their movement. Yeah, And they're saying you can't do that because God used that movement and it's been used in the past and they're going to continue to say this they left a movement to start this movement, and maybe these three pastors weren't the ones that left back when Roloff and Jack Wood and all these other Somebody people did. were leaving the Southern Baptist <clears throat> Convention, but that's the line they're in. They exist as IFB because they left a denomination. So their whole argument falls apart. It's, it's utterly ridiculous. That, that's that's where I, would well, stand. I mean my
6: you know like i said we weren't we weren't connected with anybody but i remember my my old daddy i mean preaching against a lot of the stuff that's yeah. going on right you know sexual immorality mm-hmm. and and abuse of people i remember my dad preaching against that when i was a kid and we weren't even associated with anyone oh right. yeah, absolutely. yeah absolutely and yeah. As, we're we're not you know we're it, it, just because we're all on the you know, on the Lord's team doesn't mean that we're in total agreement with everybody that's on our team. That's right. Right. You know what I mean? I, yes, I mean, sir. if if you're. If if you are an abusive pastor and you're being a lord over God's heritage, yeah. I'm I'm not your friend. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm your not friend. for you. I'm not for you at all. Yeah. And if you're you know if you're a pastor and and you're you know sexually abusing young ladies in your ministry, I'm I'm not your friend at all. And if I get a chance to whack on you, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's not we we don't we don't bypass
5: no, no. that stuff. No, no, sir, no, no. I've I've personally never been affiliated with any group inside. The this umbrella of being an independent fundamental Baptist who did.
1: I want to say right there, thank you guys for calling out these things in the IFB. I honestly don't think this ever would have happened had it not been for our podcast, but I'm very encouraged at some of the things that they're calling out within the IFB and standing against, and I just want to thank them for that. Yeah.
5: Yep. I would withdraw from them, right. absolutely. But I'm not and throwing, expose them and expose them That's and right. preach against what they're doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, but I wouldn't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Yes,
1: you would. You <laughs> would throw the baby out with the bathwater because you did. Your movement left the Southern Baptist Convention, and you're still separated from them. So you can do this, but nobody else can do this. This blows my mind. You know right, what I'm saying? Absolutely. I guess, you know, not
5: long ago, there started floating around kind of an expose of, uh, you know, what was wrong with with, with fundamentalism and um, how that there need to be another group started yeah. and abandoned this. And I'm thinking, no, wait a minute, fellas. Okay. Do you really think in 20 years after you start something new that it's not going to be tainted?
1: Is it fair to say that it's possible that the IFB is tainted? Mm. He says mm-hmm. after 20 years, something's going to be tainted. Well, it's been since the... 30s, 40s, 50s, when you know the IFB left the Southern Baptist Convention, is it fair to say possibly it's tainted?
0: That's what he just admitted.
1: Yeah, that's what he just admitted. I if,
0: remember sitting at Lee Robertson's funeral and listening to some of these guys going, the IFB will never be the same. Yeah. The IFB is done. And I mean, I'm listening to these guys as there. a college student and yeah. hearing that and just that feel of the IFB is a person <laughs> and that person is gone. And it's tainted now.
1: And their prophecies came true. Tennessee temple fell apart. Not what, three years later? Not not very long.
5: Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's right. Anywhere there's people, there will be a tainted issue, a tainted problem, a broken system Mm -hmm. because of our depraved nature. That's That's how this thing works. That's exactly right. Um, We're getting deeper into the episode. I would love to at least cover the first issue that they say is a reason why people should abandon independent fundamental Baptist churches. The first one is that they have went to the extent, some have, of calling fundamentalism a cult, (laughs) which, I mean— we hear a lot about that in our day. There's been a lot of good documentary-type mm-hmm. work done on cults and things like that. And uh, So what I want to do is just bring out the definition, talk about it for a few minutes, sure, and mm-hmm. see if Go we ahead. feel like there's any validity to what they're saying. The definition of the word cult is simply this, a system of religious veneration and devotion directed toward a particular figure or object. Okay. Now, I don't know about you, <laughs> and I understand, I understand that there are some sub- segments of fundamentalism who seem to have a high regard of worship toward an individual. Right. Not going to deny that. Right. Not my crowd, but not going to deny that. But ultimately, the figure that I find independent Baptists in love with, fundamentalist, right. is Lord Jesus Christ. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. By and loved, large.
1: Absolutely. Love the Lord Jesus. I wish that if that were true, they would spend most of the time in their sermons talking about the one that they are in love with, the Lord Jesus Christ, yeah. rather than slamming everybody yep. else that disagrees yep. with them. Or bragging on themselves for their man-made standards and why they're better than everybody else.
2: I used to go to camp meeting after camp meeting after camp meeting, and I almost never heard Jesus preached on. Yeah. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make I would make a wager on this.
1: He was a springboard.
2: <laughs> yes, but you go back and you play a week's worth of preaching from the camp meetings. And they said the phrase old-time way Mm. or the old-time religion 10 to 1 to the name of Jesus.
0: Wow. I was there. It's true. They talk about preaching a lot more than they do the preaching. Mm. I was at a funeral last week where that
1: happened. Yes, you were. Brian, J.C. did a funeral. J.C. read the obituary and said some words. words, And then an independent, fundamental, old-school, slobbering... Hell-hating, devil-fighting, sin Touching the casket. Preacher started yelling, screaming, preaching, running around. Banging on the casket, bending over, talking to the person in the casket. It was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Brian, you would have loved this because this pastor kept turning around to J.C. and saying, right, right? Is that right? I didn't move. Is that right, brother? I didn't say a word. J.C. never once agreed with him or shook his head. J.C. just looked at him. Just like, nope, I'm not going to (laughs) answer.
5: Um, you know, I would say this, if you're in a church or in, 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 part of a group of people where you hear the name of a dead preacher more than you do the name of the Lord Jesus, you probably should move on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, that would scare me to death, but the guys I run with, yeah. uh, the independent batters I know and the different ones that I'm associated with or whatever, or would align with, man, they're going to, uh, they're going to exalt the
4: savior. Yeah, I would say this <laughs> along with that group, they... You know, you, you me, and as pastors and, and, and us in ministry, there's enough responsibility already without us feeling like we have to be the central theme of yes. that, without us having to be the what gets worshipped or yeah. what gets promoted, or as Brother Andy said, while you're trying to lord over something, there, there's enough to do and enough uh, responsibility yes. without us having to become that.
1: I will say this about Stephen Aldridge. I listened to a couple of sermons of his this past few weeks. And, dude, that man exalts the Savior. Absolutely. So cultish, uh, a cult deals with a man <clears throat> and the worship of a man. Anything yeah. else?
5: Okay. Secondary definition is this. A relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange mm-hmm. or sinister. Okay. Now let me just pump the brakes <laughs> here. Our churches are somewhere around about 3,500 in America mm-hmm.
6: alone. Okay. So we're not really a small group, 500 people, 3,500 assemblies
5: assemblies. Yes. 3,500 assemblies. Okay.
2: So can I just speak to this? They've been saying all the time, we're independent. We're separated. We're
1: not affiliated
2: connected. We're not affiliated. And then now do we want to talk about the old bait and switch? (laughs) (laughs) Now, Now he wants to claim the whole, to emphasize his point, but here's the whole, here's the whole deal. The second definition is fitting. Yeah. A small group of people (laughs) whose beliefs are strange. If you look at most of the clips, like on IFB Preacher Clips or Bible Belt Satire or these other guys that are out there, the crowds at these revivals are incredibly small. They're behaving very strangely. I mean, I saw crazy things when I was growing up. I'll never forget one night. uh, There was a lady who had... Uh, She had a handicap, and whenever the service was dead, they would get her up to sing, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. (laughs) And when this precious handicapped lady saying, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me, you knew every single time it was going to fire up the crowd, and it was going to get the sirens and the screamers started. And I'll never forget, she was singing one night, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. This guy runs up on the platform, grabs the American flag, which, (laughs) in my opinion, shouldn't be in the auditorium to begin with, but that's a different subject, grabs the American flag and starts running around the auditorium with the American flag. People stand up. They're shouting at the American flag, and then other people start running around behind him all over the building, I think the majority of the world would see that and say, this is a small group of people, Yeah. and this is really strange. And yeah, there are occasionally some things some people look at
5: and say, well, that's different. That's mm. a little bit Oh, odd yeah. or strange, okay, whatever the case may be, but last time I checked to be salt and light, sometimes that's going to happen. Oh, absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, and as it should. Yes, but sir. does not it does not uh, forbid us from living in mainstream society, mm-hmm. letting our light shine, yes, being the salt of the earth, and being loving people who are not like us. That's right. We're, you know, most of the guys I know or the churches I know that fall into this category, you know, that's who we are. We coexist in our society. We're not right. shut off on a compound somewhere. So it just don't fit.
6: And, and, and our lifestyles, Brother Mike, mm-hmm. uh, generally speaking, the lost world don't have a problem with our lifestyle.
5: Absolutely. Now, here's where the rubber meets the road, and we're getting really close, I think, to being they at are. the end of our time. Um, if you were to take—here's where I would challenge them on calling fundamental independent Baptist church the cult. Take our doctrinal statement. Yes. Lay it down on a table, mm-hmm. okay? And then tell me why we're wrong. And why we need to abandon it. Amen. Good. Amen. Because I'll be honest with you, in my opinion, and, and, and whenever I was searching what I was going to be, I chose the independent Baptist because of the solidarity or the, how solid their doctrinal position was on what I could tell to be the majority. I'm talking about the cardinal doctrines of the faith. Now, me personally, I'm a Baptist because of the universally accepted doctrinal positions of Baptist historically. Right. If you tell me I need to abandon, and they wouldn't say, oh, you don't need to abandon the Baptists. You just need to abandon the independent fundamental part. Right. Well, here's my thing. Why? What doctrine do I need to abandon, Mm -hmm. and where am I going to go?
1: We are not asking you to abandon it. We never have. But here are the problems that we have with it. Number one, the KJV is a cardinal doctrine, and it's not found in Scripture. Mm. Separatism is the cardinal creed, and it twists Scripture to mean that I'm more holy than everybody else because I have I'm more separate than everybody else is. And when you want to talk about any IFB doctrinal position or doctrinal statement, we have to mention eschatology is elevated to a first level doctrine when in scripture it is vague at best. If that's where you stand, you don't leave room for any other believer who disagrees with you, and you started off this whole conversation saying that we should be spiritually mature enough to have conversations with other believers.
0: Let's hit a few more of them. Showmanship has replaced expository preaching. It's what yeah. makes us feel good. It's how we say it. It's it's to woo a crowd at the end. Revivalism
1: has replaced discipleship. Biblical yeah. Christianity is make disciples Uh, The whole revivalism culture, which I love revival. I love when God pours out revival, but that focuses on converts. What do you do with them after that? Make disciples.
0: And if you're making disciples, revival's going to come because that's the church falling back in love with Jesus. Amen. How about emotionalism that has replaced gospel content?
1: Hmm. Come on, Brian Mm -hmm. was just talking about that.
2: Yep. Separatism has replaced cultural engagement. Hmm.
1: Elitism has replaced unity, tradition, Has replaced truth? Basically, it all comes down to this. What we experienced, and and I'll just be honest, Andy, Michael, Stephen, I'm not necessarily lumping you into this because I do know there's a wide variety in the IFB, but topical preaching out of context, outward adherence to a list of standards, covering up sin, extra-biblical doctrines, including the KJV, the clothes you wear, separatism, us versus them, we're the only ones who are right, culture of condemnation and judgmentalism within the church, lack of discipleship, distractions from the gospel. These are reasons we have chosen to leave the independent fundamental Baptist world.
2: I think another one for me is it has become a doctrine in the independent Baptist church, and that is God and country. There's the preaching of God and country Absolutely. all the time. You listen to clip after clip after clip, and there's the glamorizing of Donald Trump Mm. and then the demonizing of other people who are of another political persuasion. And yet the name Donald Trump never appears in the Scripture. The name Hillary Clinton never appears Uh. in the Scripture. And here's the other thing. Now, how sad is this? I grew up in an independent Baptist church, independent Baptist revivals my whole life. I heard so much God and country, and yet the truth of the Scripture is, that every kingdom on the earth is going to burn Hmm. God. When he is finished with this earth from the look of his face will burn it with a great fire. Hmm. There's only one lasting kingdom and that's the kingdom of God. And You listen to independent Baptist preachers preach, and you believe that we're on this mission to save America. No salvation's in the hands of Jesus. We're just seed sowers.
0: Here's my question. If these things don't characterize your ministry, fellas, then why are you so defensive? I mean, when you throw a rock into a pack of dogs, the one that yelps is usually the one that got hit. Amen. So like it, lump it, dump it, or jump it. Well,
2: I think we all know that the reason they came against us is ultimately because fundamentalists are very aware of how many people are leaving fundamentalism. Yeah, You, You were talking a few moments ago about me talking to different independent Baptist pastors and evangelists by the way our conversations end with the words i love you but i i hear so many independent baptist preachers and they're telling me that every year the crowd grows smaller or the church is completely stagnant it's the same little group of people and and so here's the thing there's tremendous concern among the independent fundamentals Baptists that the light exposing the issues is growing brighter. That's the very reason to address this in the first place.
1: Yeah. And this does nothing but affirm that we're on the right track and we appreciate these guys addressing this.
2: What
5: doctrine do I need to abandon (laughs) and where am I going to go?
6: No,
1: it's not. It's never a
6: doctrine. No. Mm, it's no. a practice. It's yes, a practice.
5: Sir. It's a practice. And because Absolutely. I'm
6: independent, guess what?
5: If if Brother, if Brother uh, Aldridge's church has a, a particular belief that somewhat I vary from, then we're an independent congregation. We don't have to share that no, exact same belief. But yeah, we have still be in the same umbrella of of, of salvation by grace. Amen. Virgin birth of Christ. Yes, sir. Baptism Amen. by immersion. You know what I'm saying? Right. I mean, our forefathers, they, they paid a high price to be called by their enemies Baptist. Yeah. And I'm not ashamed of that. That's Amen. Right. I'm very thankful.
6: Well, let's pick this up next week. Okay. And yep. let's, let's take it forward and see what, what else we can do. All right. Hey, listen, from the Higher Grounds Podcast, we appreciate you joining us. You stay tuned to next week's episode, part two, and you keep pressing on the upward way. God bless.
0: This has been a good conversation today, and this is only part one. We're going to pick up next Wednesday with part two, because they have a part two, and so... There's more questions that need to be answered. There's still two things that they they didn't get to today, so we're going to pick that back up next Wednesday. Thanks for joining us today on the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. We want to thank our sponsor here, J Radio. You can go to jradio.com and download the app on your iTunes, your Apple, Google Play Music. Find them at jradio.com, the sponsor of the Recovering Fundamentalist Podcast. Guys, this has been good. Looking forward to next week, and I hope you have a great one. I love you, fellas.